commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg's comeback, and you're listening to Call World News, your only news show of in-depth coverage for the latest stories for Round the Galaxy. Now the new segment rundown for November 5th, 2021. Boba's Bounty Board. But first, this news. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Uh, thank you all for joining us here for another edition of Core World News. Hello, Adam. Hello, Grant. How are things? Hello. Bright suns, as they, as they say. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Suns. Certain, certain By the way, did you guys see that Galactic Star Cruiser commercial? I don't know. If, I think it was a. I think it was like just an Instagram ad that I saw, but no. it 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 showed some of the um, the the actors in their full costume. It was pretty mm. impressive. I've been avoiding all co- all commercials or anything else because I'm like this close to trying to like refinance my house so I can just yeah. go. <laughs> so you could go on that vacation yeah, for three days. Mortgage just to go on the Star Cruiser. Um, but yeah, yeah, same. I'd rather have it. I mean, if I'm gonna drop whatever it is, twelve hundred a person or something, to uh to do that, multiply it by five. <laughs> Well, a person, I said, right? Like twelve hundred a person isn't like no. It's six to seven thousand dollars a person. Are you kidding? If we me? just cooperate, we can. Get no, I'm not. I thought it was like I thought it was like five thousand a cabin or something like that. No, you might be right. We're getting um. Adam's no, you're right. Been doing right. a lot of circles around the uh, galaxy here. He was. I didn't a, want to send us yeah, right Rishi Maze, Maze for a minute. He's a little. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're right, Ben. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be I'm like I'm like twelve hundred dollars. I could I could probably swing. Why am I why am I not booking that right now? Good news, Adam. You too can book a flight on the Galactic Starship uh, cruise fun time. As I was saying, um, we had some a surprise this week uh, yeah. that was not the Galactic Star Cruiser uh, for me personally, but it was for Grant. Uh, the the Boba Fett trailer dropped. We thought this was going to be a um, but a the the Disney shareholders meeting event, but bam, it was just like out of nowhere. Have some have the book of Boba Fett trailer. We were gonna do like yeah. a whole episode on that. Schneider. Yeah, we thought for sure it'd be next. Was it next Friday? Is like the Disney Plus day? Yes, and we and, did hear a rumor that we will uh, get the Obi Wan trailer that day. But weird that they didn't drop both at the same time. Like they couldn't wait a week. Like are they trying to get us excited I, for that meeting or something? Like I. There's still a Boba Fett thing scheduled for next week. And so I don't know if there's like a like a short documentary just about Boba Fett. I think that's kind of what it is. I think they might have created one. But part of me wonders, and we get, we'll talk about this when we get into the trailer, if this is not more of a teaser trailer than a real trailer. Because to me, it doesn't feel like a trailer. And I'll talk about why in a little bit. Why wait? Because <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't want to like just, yeah, I can jump into it now. Um, it felt like we saw about a minute and a half of the first episode of the season. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's from, I think it's really from a single episode. We even get that like one scene where Boba's sitting on the throne. There's a couple of, uh, you know, underworld leaders in front of him and, uh, you know, and, um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the sniper. Yeah. Fennec Shan sort of dealing with them and it like it feels like it just picks up right after what we see at the end of uh mandalorian season two yeah 
It, I mean, I mean, Mando did the same thing. We didn't know anything about the child until you know later yeah. episodes, and that that character wasn't revealed in the first trailers and the first kind of teases we got of the show. So I think fittingly, they're not trying to show too much, and it does look like a lot of setup. But at the same time, I can't imagine that there's going to be other major characters that are going to enter this story in, in a really fun way. Um, so maybe we're just, we're not seeing, I, and I got to imagine that Boba is going to kick the, the hornet's nest in this first season. People are going to find out about him resurfacing, taking yeah. over Jabba's palace. Like there, there's going to be other rival syndicates that are going to be introduced, but why release that in the teaser? Like why show right. those characters right away? So I, I kind of agree with this marketing ploy. Yeah. I, I love the marketing ploy for sure. Yeah, it was just great to get anything. And and I agree, it's kind of a, a nothing burger. But there were major like plot some plot things that were designed. Yeah. Like they we we find out some stuff about Boba Fett's motivation. Um he's not going to just rule with an iron fist or be another he's not gonna be a bounty hunter anymore. Allegedly. Yeah, that was huge. I felt that was a big kind of uh, shift in his character um development. Uh, in my point of view, I've always thought of him as the kind of quiet, you know, killer bounty hunter type character. And then now he's he's moved into this sort of like warlord sort of, uh, you know, crime lord character. And that's that's interesting. I, that's a, yeah. that's a big shift from what I've always known Boba Fett to be and what I've always thought his character was. And morality is also super interesting to me to where he says i'm not going to lead out of fear i'm going to lead yeah. with respect like that's that's interesting i'm fascinated to see what that means and i'm still trying again with his motivation his morality i'm still is this character more man with no name or more angelized like is he more clint or is, or is he more lee van cleef like who who is this character in relation to like dinjarin you know is he darker is this is is boba fett willing to like kill his rival gangs and rival enemies i mean my guess is yes i think he is going to shade darker and i think but also he I, it's interesting like we talk about the mandalorian and i've actually rewatched the first 15 chapters in the past okay. week it just 15 of 16 I, yeah mostly in the background no wait 14 mostly in the background I actually got to very little of boba fett which was funny um but you know kind of rewatching that that character is just, I mean, it's the classic hero's journey in a lot of ways, like refusal to call brought into this. Like he's just, he's his entire story in the first two seasons of Mandalorian, Din Djarin is just protecting a child, right? Like, yeah. and, and avoiding, like not wanting to get pulled into things. And Boba Fett seems to be starting off of like, no, I'm all in now. Like I'm back. I've, 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 you know, redeemed myself. I've gotten my armor back. I'm here to take charge. And I think that's a, a very, different character we're going to see right he's going to shade darker and he wants to be in the middle of things yeah i mean that could put him kind of on a parallel with din Djarin in that mm -hmm. i mean you could say boba fett's whole life pre-sarlacc was refusing the call right or a call to do something just and good yeah uh, and i don't know just seek revenge I, I hope i hope we see like it it makes sense that he would hate jedi and would want to seek revenge against mace windu i guess he's dead so um or everyone believes him to be dead, so there would be no need for him to try to seek him out. But still, I expected some more revenge things. But really, he's just all, for most of the time we see Boba Fett, he's just all business. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds like he is looking to make profit as well. Like he says, if we just, you know, 
if we could just yeah. cooperate, we can get rich. And I was like, it's interesting because I never thought that was a motivator for him as much as kind of renown and reputation. I, I must feel like he kind of thrived off of his his reputation as the deadliest bounty hunter in the galaxy. That's kind right. of what I just thought of him, you know, thinking of most in his life in terms of goals. But um, it's interesting now to see him try to like get this foothold on Tatooine. And I did notice we saw like a one frame of Tusken Raiders walking in, in like a sandstorm. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping we get a little bit of backstory of maybe how he he got out of the Sarlacc pit, how yeah. he um how he kind of entered, you know, the the, the tribes of the Tusken Raiders and 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 who, where they mentored him. Yeah. yeah, and they mentored and and how he learned, you know, to survive with them and use the gaffy stick, obviously, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to get full explanations for all that, but I would love to see. I would love to know what that that whole story beat is about. Seeing them in the dust storm and seeing yeah. Boba, how Boba communicates with them—that's that's fascinating to me. Kind of I mean, like a dances lot. with wolves aspect to that. Yeah, I, I hope we get that too because so much has changed between like again, I, I watching the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian, you just see Boba Fett there in the twin suns at the very end. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, this a lot's happened for this character in five years, right? Like, yeah. like, and and we need some of that story, I think. I think we do. Oh, yeah. If he's haunted by the Sarlacc pit, that's that could be great. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be great to explore his fear. I know he seems almost like impervious and this sort of like flawless bounty hunter, um, lethal warrior. But like, it'd be nice to have some some flaws creep in, like have some some sort of fear, maybe haunted by the that, you know, the time he spent in the Sarlacc pit escaping, how harrowing that was, you know, and yeah, using how that he... with other beats, you know, to, to show his his kind of. He does have, you know, weaknesses. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm I'm curious to see why he shed his armor. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a story there, or how he lost it, because I mean, he obviously went to go find it again. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I'm it, curious to see what that's about. And it seems odd to me. Like I don't know how to say. This. I, it almost feels to me like when I the, rewatching it, I feel like I don't know if he was like finding his armor or like he had willingly given it up and and was taking the call again because it's like it's not that hard to find right like it took Din Djarin five minutes to find out that there was a guy wearing Mandalorian armor on a different planet and meanwhile you have Boba Fett wandering around right. that planet so I feel like he <laughs> knows exactly where his armor is and, if and, some and not even wandering like he had his ship yeah yeah at yeah. no time did he not that have is a very ship. good point Grant I forgot <laughs> that he had his ship the entire time yeah so yeah. He's dressing like a monk, but it's like, no, you have a starship in it. I mean, like, if his armor was in most Pelgo, I don't, I forgot Pelgo. the name of the town. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pelgo, yeah, yeah. I think you, you, think he, you think he could just orbit the town in his ship and just lay down mm-hmm. suppressing fire and take back his armor. You know, like, I don't, it feels like it, he, it would have been like, you know, candy from a baby in terms of getting his armor back. Yeah. yeah. No, there was something there, I think, about Din Djarin getting it. Or there's a parallel story that we might flash back to that he finally felt he was worthy to go reclaim the armor. So maybe we get a little bit of that story in the background. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we had heard rumors that they were going to do flashbacks in Boba Fett. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I know we we all want to see some Sarlacc action. Um, did, let's talk about more about the this trailer. What are yeah. other things you guys saw in this trailer that um, sort of sparked for you that you were excited to see or raised questions or did anything like that. I, I was excited from like second one. Cause we got a Bomar monk. <laughs> yes. Like that. Yes. I'm all yeah. on board for that. 
That is the spider robot with a brain in a jar. Yeah. And it almost looks like old school stop motion too, like the way it was moving. Sure, it looks like it. Really yeah. pay attention. Yeah. Right, right. Cool. We saw that just lurking in the shadows of Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And then to just see it in the wild for some reason, because it doesn't look like a creature that's like a wild animal, more like a created thing. But if yeah, if they're going old school, Bomar monks are the owners of Jabba's palace. Um, the Bomar monks were uh, an order. And it's all from memory, so you feel free to fact check this. But they Gee. were something about like they wanted to be completely disconnected from the physical world. So they would take their brains out and put them in these spider droids. And that they were just basically letting Jabba basically, you know, just keep it as a crash pad while they just wandered around. In the that's background. a lot of writers extrapolating off of what was originally in a Ralph McQuarrie sketch. Yeah. For, for this yeah. Film, I mean, this it's, and, and a lot of that's in the Tales from Jabba Palace. Like it's old EU, so none of this is, is new, you know, new canon. But boy, do I hope they just take that new canon <laughs> because I want a negotiation scene between Boba Fett and the Bomar monks. Yeah, so bad. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, great. Lots of Gamorreans in this trailer. I thought that lots was of aliens. Cool. Yeah, lots of aliens. Yeah. I'm, I'm really yeah, like that. You know, we've been we've been dying to see more. Uh, you know, Ithorians and 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 you know yeah. other species. And we got a we got a major scene with an Ithorian in this trailer. Yep. And yeah. It sort of reminds me of the Ithorian that you I guess you speak to in Knights of the Old Republic. There's like a Ithorian in on Tatooine. It's a it's a very memorable scene. Oh. But, um, so it's not. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a place I've kind of I kind of remember just from memory um, talking to an Ithorian on Tatooine. So it's cool that they're bringing a character like that back to to the space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also love just how brutal Boba is like and he just fighting like with this kind of like a barbarian. Like it's 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 something I would never would have thought Boba would would that be his style. But it's I guess that's just where he's at now i guess he's learned how to fight in a completely different way it seems a little bit and i guess and also i know that um robert Rodriguez talked to tamar morrison about bringing in the maori sort of um yeah fighting actual style. fighting mm. techniques into the into the, the character and so that i'm just i'm most excited to see how that sort of develops That's super cool i would say that falls in line pretty closely with like the comics i mean i know he sort of jetpacks around and does his mandalorian thing but he's a brutal ruthless fighter but i, I think yeah we're seeing a lot of him with hand-to-hand -hand combat um and melee weapons and that that's something totally new um for our guy i, I would say that one thing that surprised me on this like second viewing was um we see him not wearing his helmet a lot a yeah lot. Like, yeah a lot of tomorrow morrison like he's yeah which is like after, he after never he had his puts it on <laughs> in the beginning yeah. of the trailer and you're like, oh, OK, he's helmets on. Let's get classic Boba action. And then, you know, the next scene, it's off. And it seems like he'll be doing a lot of dealings and uh, and there'll be a lot of scene work with the helmet off. It seems. Yeah, there was a cool scene where the his helmet rolls across the ground and it's filled with coins. Yeah, it spills out, um, which is very Sergio yeah, this 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 felt very dollars trilogy to me. Like it feels yeah. specifically like fistful of dollars. It seems like Bob is going to be pitting rival gangs against each other. You know what I mean? Much like the man with no name would do in those yeah. dollars movies. I yeah, that totally checks. I think with what we've seen, and and then I saw another possibly um, a, somewhat of a more current homage that led me to a question, which is. You know, who's the villain in this? If we assume Boba Fett's our protagonist, who's the antagonist? Let's say antagonist, right? Because right. 
-hmm. and and what what led me to that question was we see the scene where he's sitting down with the other rival warlords gangsters underworld people whatever you have and a lot of people online commented about like the godfather side of that i saw more dark knight Oh yeah, yeah, Untouchables and, too. If you remember the Untouchables, that's yeah, totally. It's, I mean, it's 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 a cliche for a reason. But if we are taking the Dark Knight route, that's the scene where the Joker walks in and throws chaos into this person trying to maintain order in the underworld. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so there could be an, an additional character that's going to spoil so his triumph. I wonder if his antagonist is someone who's more about chaos, right? Less about this rival families, but more of just a a kind of wild card. Yeah, I mean. We'll, the low hanging fruits probably just like other rival gangs, you know, mm-hmm. they're not all just going to fall into order and the ones that don't are going to take shots at him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I love that idea that there's going to be another chaos, like a, a big bad chaos agent somewhere that's trying to thwart his plans. My, uh, my, my long shot is a uh, four and Zuckus walk in. <laughs> that would be, that cool. is, that would be chaos. They are. Yeah. Chaotic chaos, yeah. chaos, and maybe probably yeah. Um, Dengar watch. Odds of of Dengar in this series. What do we think? I I I think you get like a Cad Bane before you get a Dengar. Yeah, I just I think Cad Bane could be the villain in this trilogy. Do we uh, see? Do we see Dengar in any of? It has to be a Lee Van Cleef type, and I mean Cad Bane based off Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, that's a good call, Grant. <laughs> that's a that's a really bad good call. Uh, I'm hoping we get like de-aged Han in this. I I don't see how Boba Fett doesn't want revenge against Han. It's it's the one most striking detail that I'm just like, wait, you would forget about some guy going, yeah. you know, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where, and knocking you into the pit that you then suffered inside of for months on end. Like I don't know. I think you'd want to get revenge on that guy. Maybe. I also think Boba Fett's been taking revenge on himself for five <laughs> years because of that because that is not Han's fault. That's Boba's fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we watched the replay. It's definitely Boba's fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you probably couldn't hear him at that point when flying around with the jetpack. <laughs> Did um either of you guys note the throne that he sits on? I mean, it's obviously not Jabba the Hutt's because you couldn't fit a hut in the throne. No, it was a it was a bit fortunate. Yeah, yeah, I deciphered the hut. Throne. Oh. It, says, it says the world is yours. Oh, is you you just deciphered the the writing on the back <laughs> no, of the throne? I'm just joking. Oh my god! I, you know, hey, I, I believed I, it too. That was you I, sold that grant. I really thought I was like, oh, that makes sense. All I noted is I think it's written in Mandalorian script. Oh, is it? Mm. Is it? It looked familiar, but it wasn't. I don't, yeah, yeah. There's really only two scripts that there are. It's like there's Arabish. That's and then true. there's Mandalorian that we've seen. That's like a different script. I think there's probably others we've seen along the way, but there aren't a lot of them. But there is like Mandalorian has their own right, like on yeah. the, um, which would be cool. But like, how did that get there? Like, tell me about the chair. <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about your chair. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be cool if you found out maybe the Mandalorians during the Jedi Sith Wars like conquered Tatooine or something, and it was a Manda- Mandalorian you know, fiefdom for a while. I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm also for a long shot, you know, hope I, I would like to see Crimson Dawn appear in this show in some incarnation. And I don't know if Kira's still around in this time period, but I think she would be. And so you could easily get Amelia Clark to 
I think jump into a Star Wars show given she's doing uh, Secret Wars for Marvel and already yeah. working on a Disney Plus show. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I I mean, they're sure laying the groundwork in the comics. Yeah, they yes. sure are. Yeah, the groundwork fact, is being laid for everyone who's not reading yeah. the comics. Yeah, in fact, should we move on to the comics? We've done 20 minutes on this this trailer. I'm sure we could go for a full hour if we wanted, but we have um, a lot of comics to cover tonight. We promised we're just going to do the arc wraps, and I think these are the arc wraps for four different comics. Yep. Yeah. Um, but they're all about Boba Fett also um, in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, and they're fascinating. Why don't we, uh, why don't we jog on? Bounty hunters. We don't need that scum, 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 scum. Right, welcome back to our final installment of Boba's Bounty Board. We'll be finishing off the arc for War of the Bounty Hunters, and we're going to start off with IG-88. Uh, it's just a one-off. It's called Born to Kill, written by Rodney Barnes. Art is by uh, Gui Villanova. Um, colorist is Antonio Fabella. And VC's Ariana Mayer is letterer and production. Uh, this comic was extraordinary, guys. Yeah. After IG-88 is repaired by Master Droid Smith RB-919, IG-88 kills... His savior and continues his contract for Deva Lompop. This time his target, Boba Fett. Tracking the bounty hunter Tatooine, the two fabled hunters clash with Boba leaving IG-88 frozen in ice. After the ice thaws, IG-88 flies to a junkyard world where he vows to upgrade himself for as long as needed as time means nothing to a droid. Um, this was a profound issue. This is actually one of my favorite issues in the entire run. I think it is my favorite issue yeah. of the entire War of the Bounty Hunters run. And I think it's what I most I expected out of this run. I expected these these kind of like long form conflicts between the bounty hunters themselves more so than, you know, a lot of the other business dealings and auction that we got and the, the rise of Crimson Dawn. I really did think we were going to get more bounty hunters fighting yeah. each other, given Great. the title. War were, of the bounty I was going to say, were you expecting a war of the bounty hunters <laughs> in the war of the bounty hunters? Yes. Well, this is I, you gave me that in, in a yeah. fun way. I have to say, I really enjoyed this series. However, they clearly named it before they had storyboarded the whole thing out because the name <laughs> makes no sense. But whatever. But it's really exciting, though. It is very exciting and well-written, the whole exciting thing. Name. Just poorly, poorly named. <laughs> I mean, it's well, a great born name. To kill. I mean, he does, right when he gets reactivated, he kills. Yeah, that's <laughs> and true. And that was, that was yeah. what a fun perspective switch. I, like, so wasn't that great? I love the fact that we had multiple first person narrative switches in this yes. and and i'm like i want more of this because it was such like comic books rarely surprise me and this did did a surprise because i'm like oh this is the story like i'm just so used to reading comics that you like kind of like you, you kind of just not anticipate but you kind of just start speeding through it because like yeah, yeah i get i got i know the process i got it and so i was just like all right so we're gonna have this this droid smith as mm -hmm. as our, our protagonist throughout this telling a story i'm really enjoying it and then suddenly i'm like Oh, our protagonist just died, and now we're inside IG-88's brain. Yeah. And I love that. And Grant and Ben, it reminded me of a movie, and I can't think of a movie that had a protagonist switch halfway through. Did anything pop in your head when you're thinking of that? Because it just reminded me of something. I could not put my finger on what it was. It's okay if you don't. Sorry to put you on the Fight spot. Club? Mm. Technically, it's the same person, but... No, but there is a bit of... There is a, there is a bit of protagonist swap or narrative switch. Right. It's just something. It 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 yeah. just triggered something. I couldn't think of what it was, but just think about it while we're talking. There are see. there are many films that do this. Well, I'll, yeah. it'll pop in as we talk. But um, 
Yeah, I love that we stick with this one droid's this kind of uh, droid mm-hmm. repairman for the beginning of the issue, and it, it's unclear whether he's a droid or a cyborg or human. Like it's he's kind 50, of unclear, 50. given yeah. he has a designation. Yeah, yeah, I know, but just given his designation, it seems like he's almost more droid than man at this point. But um, he's definitely 50-50. he's definitely not a cyborg, yeah. He said he's fifty fifty, but, uh, but he identifies that's right, droid. I think. Yeah, I think that's kind of what what I thought that's too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I know. Uh, I, I saw him getting blown away from a country mile. Like the whole time, I was just like, oh. he's fanboying <laughs> so hard on IG88. Yeah. I was like, it makes no, sense. dude. Oh. I love how abrupt it was, and I love just it, it. It was somewhat subversive. You didn't think I? I thought you they would get a few, have a you know short conversation. But well, nope. I, no, and 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 Ben, I kind of thought the same thing. It's kind of like a horror movie that has an end, like has a fake ending, and you and you pause, and you're like, oh wait, there's still 30 minutes left in this movie. Because mm-hmm. I stopped, because I'm reading it on my Kindle, and I stopped or my iPad, and I stopped, and I'm like, I checked when it happened. I'm like, that's only halfway through the issue, because that's kind of blowing through without thinking about how. Yeah, I was gonna say this is actually a common trope though with the perspective switch, because it's, it's a, almost Frankenstein, but but even modern sort of sci-fi films do it, where there is a sort of scientist creating a, a Franken, a, you know, a monster yeah. of some kind, and then it just takes out the scientist, and the story lies with the monster. But usually, other characters are introduced, so it's not so drastic of a perspective yeah. switch where you just jump to the monster. Um, but yeah, it was it was. I thought it was great. I love it. And the other thing that's interesting about RB919 is basically he's Valance, except Valance identifies as human and RB919 identifies as droid, right? Yeah. Like they have probably the same amount of organics and other it's, stuff. It's just, yeah. There's not much organic left in Valance, man. He's, yeah. I think I saw like an infographic on his body and it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, he's got like missile launchers in his thighs, like everything that looks organic. <laughs> so we will talk about Bylert more later on in another comic. And uh... yeah, we will. I just loved how how this comic delved into the the nature of being a droid. Yeah, like it just yep. delved so deeply into that, and I thought it was so so impressive. And just you know, if you're alive or not, and and does time even matter? Like I just, it's so cool. Like and Rodney Barnes is incredible. I've I've, uh, I've been reading his Philadelphia series as well, and it's it's super good. It's just a fantastic vampire um, horror comic. That, yeah, I've been meaning to pick it up. I've seen such good things about it. Great. I just haven't delved into it. But I definitely after this, I think this will be like the straw that finally makes me do it. Yeah, this issue was incredible. So shout out to Rodney Barnes, just incredible writing. Hopefully, we see you do more comics in, in the Galaxy Far Far Away because it's the really excellent writing all around. Yeah, yeah. I, it was it was it made me think a lot about this one because it you've got this character IG88 like he's a programmable killing machine and that's like essentially you know the way he's set up and so it doesn't you know but then he spends once you're in IG88's mind he is a programmable killing machine and he's just now being self-reflective right and uh, I just thought that was kind of wild and then to and have it seems like Boba altered his programming even more for him to able to be even more self-reflective and, and kind of more mm-hmm. inward, which is kind of interesting for a droid. Yeah, so it's kind of right. like, right, he's now IG-88's vectoring off to have a personality. But it did feel to me like we just see him be like, I'm just going to stand here and stare at the sun until I figure out my mission in life. I mean, he's but just it, being introspective, right? Like, that's how it wraps. Is that the yeah. last known location for IG-88 in the canon? At this yeah. Point? I mean... We're at currently, I mean, we're at last known 
locations for all of our bounty hunters in canon. Right. There's Dengar nothing. is on that ice planet. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then we have um Bosk was freed, Zuckus. Though. I, I think that's another issue, but we see the Bosk was freed. Yeah, Bosk is on yeah. the but Actually, I think it's, so is uh, the Gand, uh, Zuckus. Yeah, we don't know. Forlom is still on a... He's still Tatooine somewhere? Tatooine evil. But what's interesting is, like, they're all... Like, they all made it out of the War of the Bounty Hunters. Yeah. So, which makes me feel like that <laughs> Disney was just like, or Star Wars was just like, don't, don't... You can't kill any of them because you may be using them in a you future know, project. When we talk about the next issue in Sly Moore, it's it's just becoming more and more aware to me that like they're they're not about to kill off characters in the comics. Like that's that's just I mean, do you <laughs> dare you forget Rick Ole? Yes. <laughs> Rick Ole. Who's Rick Ole? Exactly. The pilot that city from... is one giant planet. Yeah, oh, that guy. You mean the oh the, the I did planet the is one around. giant city. The, it it was funnier it. the way yeah. you said it though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did any of you like so in the like the some of the first panels of this uh comic RB919 uh, gets attacked by some quote unquote droids? Did any of you see those and think of uh Rathgar Deng? Because they I thought mm. they were a bunch of Rathgar Dengs that were attacking them, they kind of mm. had the same silhouette. And they don't usually copy silhouettes, but uh, I'm just going to plant that. I'm just going to throw that out there. You can pick it up. You can put it All down. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, they do look like we're at. Oh, yeah, thing. totally. You're totally right on that. It's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, does away with them pretty quickly, and we don't get too many close-ups on them. But the, the silhouette, you know, they don't usually repeat silhouettes in Star Wars. So Yeah, no, those definitely look like a Rathgar den- Deng. Good uh, eyes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, shall we move on to Darth Vader? Reno? Sure. Let's if do it. Not the whole brevity thing. <laughs> Darth Vader, number 17, Just Rewards, written by Greg Pack, Raphael Ankos, the artist, Alex Sinclair, colorist, species, Joker, Magnus, the letter. Um, in this issue, uh, when the Emperor orders Vader to deal with the Hutts personally, Vader ends his pursuit of Luke Skywalker and boards the Hutt flagship. Aboard the vessel, Vader kills Boku and the droid just as they trigger a self-destruct sequence, but the Sith Lord miraculously survives. Once uh, once back aboard the ex- Executor, the Emperor once again contacts Vader and orders him to hunt down the Crimson Dawn spies in their ranks. Now seeing the Emperor's plan to keep Luke Skywalker alive, Vader no longer sees the treacherous Slymore as a threat, and she is released from custody. Mm. And there's a lot going on in this issue there's there's far more than that going on in this issue but um that's a pretty good synopsis that's yeah that's pretty much what what happens but um yeah just fascinating to see uh to see the emperor and vader communicate again like they've been kind of disconnected in the the issues prior to this and now they're they're in heavy communication with each other so that was that was cool to witness um the coolest thing about this issue to me was the uh, the reveal to Vader how important Luke Skywalker was to the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was like a big moment here. He's like, oh, he's like, so it's about that kid, you know, and uh, and because he thinks the only thing, you know, Vader's entire life is governed by fear at this moment. Yeah, and he sees that the Emperor is afraid of something, and it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I love that moment when he's like, 
you know you cannot escape me, my son, but today you will, because my master has shown his hand. He wants you alive. So it will have to be enough to, to know so it will have to be enough to know your fear, but even better to know to measure his. And I thought yeah. that was just great because it's it's now turning the tables on Palpatine. It's now trying to uh, instill fear in his master or see see the threshold of fear that his master feels and and, yeah. and you know, that sort of stuff. So that that was that was cool and that's fun because it works with Return of the Jedi in a very organic way. Yeah, and I think Greg Pak is is just perfect at weaving in these kind of character moments that feel organic to the overall trilogy and i think that's it's so key and it's almost like you almost have to go back to that kind of cornerstone of, of what you're trying to do and, and be like how does it work with the films obviously and i think yeah. all i think all these writers do a superb job at that but i think greg pack just brings another level of polish to that sort of cohesion totally i mean we talked about how prior to the last few issues it felt like vader was too far along his path right of of revolting against the emperor yeah. and then then we spent the next couple of issues after that getting him under the heel of the emperor again and then it almost felt like he was too much subservient to the emperor <laughs> right like i'm really enjoying this like the 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 path the journey that seems organic to vader and this push and pull that happened between you know empire and return yeah it's not static at all it seems like it's that's what's great about it is greg yeah. actually just making choices and vader is yeah. going in directions and now it, it seems like he's going into a new direction now and it seems like the right direction which is great for the end of a for the end of a big event series anything else on this issue we want to talk about there's so much i mean poor sly Moore. she's just getting I, don't know. Uh, I mean, do we want to talk about Ochi and his uh, loyalties? I mean, do we, yeah. do we want to talk about Ochi and literally every other person in the Star Wars universe that's not one of our main characters? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I know. that's It's interesting because, yeah, I, it's fascinating because you know, we'll talk about it in Star Wars, but it, it's yeah. funny how, like, it's the, the characters that we all know and love that seem to be integral to the plot, and it's you yeah. got to think other characters, new characters might show up to relay information or be, you know, it, it's just funny how we keep get going back to these, these, the main, the main characters, but I, you know, it's that, that's part of it. That's why we're it here. Just, it just makes the, the galaxy feel a little smaller than you'd think it would be. Right. Right. It was nice to meet the assassins guild. I was kind of hoping they would be enlisted. I love this new plot with Darth Vader, um, sent to seek out and destroy all the like the moles within uh, yeah. the empire of the crimson dawn um and i was excited to see that but i guess i didn't really realize how on the side of crimson dawn ochi was right oh, yeah no yeah that was like, kind of the big reveal i got last yeah. yeah yeah i think that was the big surprise yeah but then eventually we'll have to <laughs> come back around to serving the emperor i guess or maybe right? the emperor and crimson dawn aren't aren't bitter bitter enemies like we think maybe there's another reveal to happen later that or i mean yeah, i don't know got... okay so we have <laughs> uh, let me, let's let's figure out the math here all right so <laughs> ochi is found like 36 years after the end of yes. return of the jedi yes okay ray is about 18 so ochi kills ray's parents around 18 years after return of the jedi this is math ish 
ish around that time period. Yeah, so there's, yeah, yeah. given 36. Years. So there's a 21 year gap between what we saw here and Ochi killings Ray's parents. So we don't know how long Crimson, Crimson Dawn is like, maybe right. that Crimson Dawn reigns for 10 years and then like is wiped out. Ochi survives and just is like twit tails his way back to the Emperor. Wait, by that I, math, Crimson Dawn could be in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, totally. They've left lots of real estate there. I, so this is my take on Ochi Abistoon. He's been established to serve the strongest master. Whoever, whatever the player is involved in what he's doing, yeah, he will jump teams in an instant to serve the strongest master. And like for the longest time, he thought it was Vader, but Sly Moore sort of said, like shook his confidence in that. And I really thought that was what was leading towards the Emperor. Like Sly Moore is like, no, the strongest person is the Emperor. You should serve him. And so that's rattling in the back of his head. He may have been convinced by Crimson Dawn for now, but sooner or later, when push comes to shove, Empire versus the Crimson Dawn, he's going to change allegiance. Like, as soon as yeah. he witnesses the full power of the Emperor, he's going to jump on over to that side. Now, yeah. whether that happens before he's found out as, like, a traitor to the Empire, then, like, in that case, I could also see him being a slave to the Emperor where the emperor is just like, you're going to do what I tell you to do or else I'm going to kill you. And right. like, you know, sure. where it's just like, you owe me. And like, he's constantly kind of like, like Afro was to Vader where it was like, um, you know, yep. like where it was just like, it, it's just a matter of time before he kills you and whatever. And then, you know, um, yeah. So he's like an expendable pawn to the emperor. So I don't, that's, that's the way I, I see it playing out. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think he is very much a fair weather or just, you know, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Just whoever is most likely to make him successful slash keep him alive. Yeah, just like raw power is how he gave, gauges it. And so because mm -hmm. he was like he became like a Vader fanboy after he saw him, you know, take down the eye of the Webbish Bog and um, the Super Vermilion or whatever. Yeah, I totally seems... forgot all that happened, but it did. <laughs> it sure did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh but it, it seems weird to me. Like, what has Crimson Dawn done? That's more powerful than all of those things that Vader did. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I think they just showed their sheer numbers and the mm, sheer yeah. we're seeing this new mantra here where it's like a million versus one, a million is stronger than one. Right. And I mean, this is, that was the yeah mantra at the end of the Rise of Skywalker too. So it's already like sort of, you know, there's more of us sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. Just sheer numbers like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I buy and, that. You know, I mean, they've shown that they've infiltrated every level of everything in the galaxy, pretty much. It's like the underworld and the, you know, the empire. Yeah. And the rebellion. And rebellion, yeah. Yeah. Um, they have players everywhere, which is pretty cool because we've never seen that before. Like, this is a, like, really strategic underworld system that's sort of, you know, yeah. they're becoming, they're not even, you know, to call them just like a cartel or something is selling Crimson Dawn short. Like they, I mean. They're I was, everywhere. I was gonna say we hadn't seen much in the way of espionage, but don't don't forget that uh <laughs> don't forget that Hux was a spy. <laughs> Remember right. that happened? Technically. Yeah, I guess he was a <laughs> spy question. I mean, he wasn't a spy, he was a coward. Well, yeah, but he, <laughs> petty coward. You don't you don't know the, the potential, the extrapolate extrapolation potential that, that could that could mean in the comics. You could do so much right, with that. Right. <laughs> he could be like remnant crimson dawn like yeah they just 
they work with all they work with what they get in the film. Yeah, they do a great job. Well, it it I mean it bodes well for the next next arc because it's like they're their own faction. Like they're not quite like a gal like an Illuminati or something or like a Masons, but like that would be kind of a cool thing to have in yeah. uh, Star Wars, like where they're just sort of everywhere. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to see what they do with that. Um, yeah, it's just it's fascinating that this is happening at the same time that the Empire is reign supreme and is fighting the rebellion and now it's also yeah. fighting like communists <laughs> like or like <laughs> what what like the thought of what communists were in the 50s not in reality but the fear right that they were in right. everything the crimson scare yeah the crimson <laughs> scare you're right it's happening um, october i i kind of like it like i like yeah. the flavor of the underworld and like it felt like the underworld and politics like star wars needs its world building like after the prequel films it's hard to make star wars films and not feature the politics or the underworld and yeah. i think yeah. going forward your next star wars your big big trilogies are going to have prominently featured politics and prominently featured underworld and it's going to be it's going to be very well thought out. Like, like everything will have been developed by the time the film, the live action stuff is developed, that it will all be cohesive and you won't have to like fill it in after the fact, you know? Can I, can I say I agree with you, but I want to push back on that a little bit. Uh, Cause I really hope it's not, I mean, I love politics and I love politics in star Wars. There's always notes, you know, like, but I appreciated the original trilogy's sort of lighter touch with politics. I mean, I love the prequels, and I really thought it was great to get that world building there because that really pulled back the curtain on, like, there's all these entities, there's an economy, there's, like, trade federations. Like, And I'm glad it's there. But I'd like to see a pushback to really more, like, myth talking. Like, right. like you know, just passing along legend. And like but the original trilogy does have the, sort of the best sort of boiled down scene of politics in Star Wars with the Imperial briefing scene. Like that yeah. scene in a new right. hope is, I think, the best politics in Star Wars. I agree. Wait, yeah. Which yeah. Imperial briefing scene around the table? Uh, the Senate has been disbanded. Disbanded, like, yeah. The yeah, regional it, governors. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I mean like by a light touch. They, <laughs> yep. they light, did yeah. it in a scene. Yeah, yeah one day. Like yeah, it was like one no, of two sentences. The gov- regional governors have control now, and you're just like, yeah. oh, okay. I think you don't want like the the gaudy senate chamber, the the kind of like it's right. just I don't know, CG. It, it's easier explosion. to talk about authoritarianism too. It's just like, well, we run everything, and there's regional people. It's like fear, fear, fear. It's a cascading pyramid, and you know, it's just fear. It's not a very that, complicated thing. The two lines in the original trilogy, A New Hope is more chilling and and yeah. tells you about it than watching Jar Jar give <laughs> power yeah. to Palpatine. Like in reality, and I'm not trying to, yes. you know, you know, downplay the prequels because I do love the prequels, but it's just like like that light touch, like yes. exposition really definitely done. Like that every time I hear that line, that line sends chills through me sometimes. Like I'm just like <laughs> That's like democracy crumbled. Like, and yeah, they just crumbled. talked about it for two seconds. Yeah, yeah, for we got rid of the Senate, time. and now it's just the yeah, local yeah. warlords. Don't worry about it. It's it, cool. It's it's really hard to do, but we know it's possible. You know, like because I yeah. I think they tried to do that in Rise of Skywalker, too. I mean, like where they're sort of like, well, the Emperor's back, of course he is, and then like you know moved on. Where that sort of yeah. felt like a little hastened to me, and like, well, wait, what? You know, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it's because now I'm a 
cynical old man and before I was uh, a gleeful, you know, eight-year-old. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm here's so the gleeful, difference. Yeah. Is we all understand politics generally, even if you don't, aren't really adept at it. Like those two lines, you can understand what's going on. Saying the force did it right. is a bit of a cheat. Where where yeah. even in the original trilogy, you would have you it would it wouldn't be like a deep explanation, but you say you would say something about, you know, it's an energy force that binds us. Right? That's a lot right. more saying that's saying a lot more than uh, the emperor turned somehow. <laughs> right? Like, right. like like right. Like the and even the line that I laugh about, which is Dr. Exposition saying yes. through like cloning and dark magic. I can't remember the line. Like <laughs> I, I make fun of that line, but I appreciate that line because that is one of the most OT lines in the sequel trilogy. Like, like you know what I mean? Like right, cloning, yeah, dark magic. Yeah. Like it's just it's Clone Wars, right? It's just saying like that that stuff, and I and I kind of appreciate 70s. it. But uh, yeah, we have an outtake from last week. Beaumont uh, Kin. We're talking about Beaumont Kin. <laughs> yeah, Beaumont uh, yeah. Kin. Thank you. Always. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and I mean, I mean, sorry. I mean, he is a doctor. But I mean, Professor Dr. Kin to you. Doctor he's, a, he's, a, he's like Keaton. myself, a professor. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let's give him the honorific he deserves. Yeah, um, yeah so there was a segment last week where we were going off on how much we actually were coming around on liking The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And appreciate a highlight of The Rise of Skywalker. If I have time tomorrow to edit properly, maybe I'll tag that one on the end of this episode. Yeah, that's kind of an evergreen <laughs> segment. So you can throw that at the end of any episode. It's just yeah, it's a new segment where we just ramble. I Could mentioned like it. I teased 90. it last week and then didn't deliver because <laughs> no, we had stuff going on. But you did, you did find the Steve Palpatine bit, so we appreciate <laughs> I did, that. I did dig out that commercial. <laughs> Free our time for Palpatine, Palpatine, and Palpatine. Um, I will say though that I feel like Palpatine if you and sons, if you're <laughs> Palpatine, if you're curious, I'd say like eighty percent of off-air banter is us still processing rise of skywalker <laughs> yes <laughs> yes are you recording yes yes, yes. <laughs> that is what our most of our offer yeah oh gosh I, i'm st i'm still just i i'm in shock like that night yep. walking out of the theater and just hearing the emperor had returned somehow like that is i did like the beginning though i did think the movie opened strong yeah no i agree yeah, was, it's then it was just the pace was just it was and then I think Chewie maybe should have fallen in that film. I mean, like, I don't know, like some gravitas. It needed something heavy. It was good <laughs> enough for me to have fallen for five I, minutes. Like, I will always appreciate to... that scene for Ben's reaction because I looked at <laughs> yeah, Ben, ben. <laughs> had so hunk line and sinker <laughs> fell for the Chewie death that I'm like, face it, down. because I've, I've read down. Vector Prime. All right. Like I've done the yeah. like whole Me too. <laughs> situation and I was like, oh, my God, of all the things. And they've just been like all my heroes dying. Like you can't. Yeah, I would have. I was, yeah, hook, line, and sinker. I just, exactly. I looked over at Ben and I'm like, oh, I'm jealous. He actually thinks Chewie's dead right now. I kind of wish I thought <laughs> Chewie was dead right now because it would make uh, me feel something. Yeah, like, I just want to feel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That scene was. But great. imagine my elation when he that wasn't. Scene. That's yeah. that's the other part is like, and I'm like, in my mind, he's going to be so happy when he finds out he's still alive. <laughs> it was. <laughs> There's a great scene where Kylo was interrogating him and he yeah. was like yeah. shackled and it was, I guess it was supposed to be menacing, but they cut it. Gosh, it'd be a shame if it was three minutes longer, that movie. It's, it, but it's, <laughs> I think part of that cut is it's hard Don't to do that. Don't shave that movie down, please. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to watch him, you know, 
torture a dog and then come back to be someone you root for 20 minutes later, you know? It's yeah. Solo, so I kind of get that cut. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Cause it's Chewie is, you know, as I'm an example, he's like a hot button character. It's like, you well, can just Chewie command emotion. Scene? What if Chewie has like sway with Ben Solo? Yeah, that would have been, I would have, yes. If they yeah, that if that way, brought him back and he was just a like, little I'm bit, sorry, old like, friend, something like yeah. that, you know, like he got a little, little side of Ben Solo in there. Yeah. Then totally that would have worked. Yeah. He just like, yeah. Or Ben, so like, or stormtrooper prods Chewie and, and Ben lets Chewie loose and like, don't mess with the Chewie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Or he just kills a stormtrooper and is just yeah, like, Chewie kills a stormtrooper. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we have like comics, two more <laughs> comics to do. Why don't we, uh, why don't we move along to bounty hunters? This is a fun one. Bounty hunters. Yeah, Ethan Sachs, Paulo Villanelli, Arif Prianto with um, Jesus Abertov and Edgar Delgado. It's Last Stand. Uh, Bounty Hunters number 17. 17? Okay. Yeah, sure. Valance makes his daring escape from the executor and is nearly saved by Zuckus and Tonga when Darth Vader pulls him out of Zero-G and back into his clutches. After blacking out, Valance awakes to find he has been fully repaired and Vader standing before him, claiming Valance now saves him. Mm. Yeah, that happened. Um. <laughs> I get it. So <sighs> I, I, I'm enjoying, I think I'm just like, I know I'm stuck with Bylert Valance now <laughs> and I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit. Like, oh, someone has. No, I don't. This is Igor. Listen, he's going to be like the henchman. Because I was like, oh my gosh, are they actually gonna? Are they gonna kill Valance here? And and they they hit it in a moment where I was like, kind of feeling bad for the dude. And I was like, oh, that would be that would be kind of try. I would feel something other than glee if he died. And um, but then of course he didn't die. Of course. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know, but he is this like weird beacon of morality among the bounty hunters. So he kind of makes sense, like. Everyone else is very self-serving and like murderous, but then you, I mean, I don't know, I guess there's like all the human quote unquote, like bounty hunters are kind of, um, have this morality too, which also I kind of have a problem with. Um, yeah. It's a little weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's like sort of this moral bounty hunter and doing his thing. So it's sort of a different note, um, that gets mixed in there. Yeah. So I am, I like the ending. I'm very interested. I think it's a good direction for this uh the cover for the next issue looks amazing yeah um there's no balance on that cover um <laughs> but here's the thing i feel like we got the war of the bounty hunters number five and they drew the last issue of war of the bounty hunters and balance was destroyed beyond almost belief and then sax and Villanelle went no <laughs> He's fine. Yeah. He is not at all what he was drawn as at the end. That's that's mostly what I'm annoyed about. Is like, yeah, he was like, right. I pretty shattered. He was shattered. shattered the audience, the audience he, Boba Fett basically threw like a yeah. what a de detonator or like a shot of rocket yeah. at on yeah. his chest, exploded. But then, yeah, in this one, it's just like a little mini crater in the front of his like electronics. Yeah. It's like so, completely able to move around and function as what he always does. So I'm mostly annoyed by that. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like he's the T2000 or whatever. Like he How just good was the scene where Vader catches him in space, though, and pulls awesome. him back? 
<laughs> that cool. scene was so good. It was worth everything thus far. And I, I liked the storyline with the with the with the Imperial cadet. Like oh, I thought, Cadet I, Ven. Shout out to yeah, Cadet Ven. I thought that was really well written. Like, like again, my my biggest thing with Bounty Hunters is I love everything in Bounty Hunters that is not Valance, and Valance is yeah. fine. And I'm I'm Ben. I'm I'm getting closer to you. Like I don't I don't hate Valance. I'm just like it's a nothing burger to me at times. Where I was like, yeah, this is a character. This is just a, this is a, just a cipher for everything else that's happening. To give him a grand death and then yes, free us of Valance forever. You know, like, yeah, he's just, I don't know. He he does, like, it's beautifully drawn. There's this thing where he's, like, coming through closed doors and he has, like, his gleaming eye and, like, his mm-hmm. crazy hair and his, like, steel face. There was another, like, flashback. I don't think it was in this, but it just shows Valance with, like, his jaw, like, unhinged, screaming and, like, you know, fighting alongside the other bounty hunters. And, like, it's, like, he is a cool character, but I'm just done with him. I've just, like, like... I don't know. They're they're putting him up on the top shelf next to Forlom, Zuckus, Bosk, and and IG88, and it's like he's not that guy. He's I don't yeah. know. But I do love the uh, like the supporting characters or like the group of people he's somehow accidentally collected. Like I yeah, want to follow Tianga and like Tianga and Lash and like um, Tasu Leech is there. And now we got yeah. Zuckus and Bosk. Like that's what I want to follow. Like give right. me their stories, which I'm hoping that's what we're going to do. I'm hoping what we're going to do is a bit of a switch where we're following them for our main action beats. And the B plot is more balanced as Vader's kind of hostage yeah, slash whatever puppet. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think Vader's going to use him to root out the, the, spies within crimson dawn but i think valance has his alliances more he's more aligned with crimson dawn whether he knows it or not um yeah like morally i I do love you know grant you were the one that first brought it up to me i think where it's just like actually it might i don't know i'll just say both of you brought this up um where valance is really like light side vader like he's a you know he's a cyborg fights for you know right so now we have Vader and Valance face to face. They're both cybernetic monstrosities um, with a ton of power and they're really hard to kill. And, um, you know, Vader's obviously stronger. So I, I'd i like to see Vader put Valance through his paces. But it's like the other thing is that, like, he's kind of like Valance is kind of Sisyphus, you know, like I know like Maul is supposed to be Sisyphus, but it's just like. Valance just gets dismembered every episode. He just gets like shredded within an inch of his life and then put back together like every issue for now, like four series, you know, four different series. And it's just like, I'm kind of tired of it. Like, yeah, you've heard the Valance story over and over and over again. And I I just want to like, let's let's Mm -hmm. follow around some other bounty hunters. So maybe maybe this is just putting Valance on ice like he's just going to be a nameless um, uh imperial officer for a while in the mix there to root out spies because he has his full face again which is weird he has like synth skin over his yeah i don't know what fixed means right like it's he's still got to be all yeah uh cybernetics underneath see if if balar balance exists why doesn't anakin just make himself again like a synthetic right yeah, I don't. I, that's a really good that's question. Kind of like that's that's the kind of well, logic question. breaking thing it does. I, well, I think part of it now is because Vader sees himself as a Sith, and this is part of the Sith lifestyle. Is like 
the pain and not like it, it's less about becoming Anakin again and more about this is who Darth Vader is and this is his existence is pain and yeah. seeing red. <laughs> yeah, it's very metal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Yeah, I'm into that as well. But also, uh, balance it's, just, it's weird to see them next to each other and be like, oh, you can be a sleek, like cybernetic human humanoid synth or you you are going to be like a plotting machine. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good point. Hopefully they'll get into that a little more. Yeah. All right. Final issue. Star Wars number 18, Collision Course. Uh, uh, Charles Sewell is writing. Uh, Ramon Rosanas is the artist. Rachel Rosenberg is the colorist. VCs Clayton Cowles letter. Uh, Carlo Paglian and Jason Paz and Rain Barreto are the cover artists. Uh, this is sorry for butchering all those names at once. That was a. <laughs> Such a short amount of time, so many names. Um, <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this quick combo. summary: After hailing Lando and informing him that his hyperdrive has been sabotaged, Kira requests counsel with Leia aboard the Falcon. Kira explains to Leia that she too wants to save Han, that the auction was merely a means to gain footing in the underworld. Um, that's kind of broad, but there was just what a fantastic moment yeah. in this issue, seeing Leia and Kira. Uh, interact yeah you you were the one that saw this coming country mile i think grant you were like i want this interaction and you got a whole issue like yeah. that was this is how they tied up this arc was with and now uh, kira and forever be my headcanon that kira helped them locate han at java's yeah. palace yeah let, it's true let, yeah. let, told leia that uh, boba and fett just... boba fett had recovered him and Sold him to Java. I just would love to think that if Kira never told them, it would be like 13, like 30 years later, like they'd be like, wait, what? He's th Hans just been hanging in Java's palace yeah, yeah. for 30 years. No one told us. <laughs> I wonder what would happen. Would you age or would he actually just be like frozen, frozen? I think like frozen. I think he's in stasis. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it seems okay. like stasis. And she says he'll be she'll be he'll be pretty safe on Jabba's wall as a trophy, like Doc Gondar's. <laughs> yeah, Black they were just that's how they walked away. They're like, well, actually, like she's like, I can actually do some other stuff now because at least I know he's safe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great way to as a comic book writer buy yourself another like twenty four issues, yeah, in a run and be like, no, no, he's cool. We can go do other stuff. Yeah, which is true. I mean, no one's gonna yeah. who would be stupid enough to steal Han Solo now. Yeah, it, I just I'd love this conversation between Kira and Leia and, and yeah. Sewell's writing of Leia, especially in this issue. I mean, Kira is fantastic, but it is kind of an exposition, a lot of exposition with that character, whereas Leia just feels it feels so uh, kind of uh, uh, like a classic original trilogy, sort of uh, this just perfect encapsulation of, of what Leia is, you know, like as a character, just a uh, someone with a war to a war to win you know, this, this leader and uh, also just the fiery spirit and the shooting of the champagne bottle. Like I, I could see, uh, uh, um, hold on. I could it's see a, Leia doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's called a flame out. Sure, and it's made of Vashi and rye hull stripper and just a touch of spice. And boy, do I want to try that. <laughs> it's like a long Island iced tea in the galaxy far, far away. Yeah. It's basically like, I don't know what, well, hull stripper is exactly what yeah. it sounds like, I would assume. But basically, yeah. it's rye with drugs in it. Yeah. <laughs> Just coaxium. Yeah, coaxium. 
huffing coaxium. That's a good time. She's like, why don't we just talk and huff some coaxium together? If I go to Oga's Cantina in uh, in in December, which may be happening, I may see if I can order a flame out and see what the see what they look if they look at me funny or if they play along. I know they really like. There's so many opportunities. They should have a list under the bar, and like you should be able to order any drink that's ever been written about yeah. or put in like canon. And they'll be yeah. like, yeah, I can make you one of those. And then they just, you know, pull out some I'm beef. not even kidding. So. I'm going to try it and see how they react. I'm going to ask for a flame out. <laughs> nice. That I might ask for a Tonneray White to see what they strong. do. There you go. Um, we get some Lando Lobot in this this issue. Mm-hmm. We get some yes. great, yeah, oh, such good Lando Lobot. They're going to find that droid that member got spaced um, that they think can help Lobot. Right. The... Yeah. Oh, the higher public translation droid? Was that what that was? Yes, yeah. Exactly yeah. What that was. yeah, that's the like that's the thread that I care most about in all I of know the you do. comics. That's <laughs> like I'm I want that to happen. It was so tragic when they were just like, Oh yeah, he can help you, and then they like spaced him. And I was like, yeah. Lobot. I really want them to close the loop and give Lobot a happy ending. Um in in the galaxy far, far away. I hope like I hope he gets fixed and then he's like Goodbye, Lando, forever. And <laughs> he goes and lives his life. There's something so tragic about the idea of Lando just sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, talking to L3, who can't talk back to him, and now talking to Lobot, who can't talk back to him. Like, he surrounds himself with these, these human-slash-cyborg people that and, and droids that he has completely messed over, Right. And it's, yeah. just, it's just like, oh, like you're just this trail so much of bodies. About, right. Yeah. He cared so much about them, but because he's such a mess, um, yeah. he's hurt. He hurts people around him all the time. Yeah. And Kira even says, please give my apologies to L3 in this mm-hmm. issue. Oof. She addresses the Falcon, which I thought was so wonderful. Yeah. What a great ad. Yeah, it was uh, great to see it. her on there. And notice like she's actually wearing a cape for the occasion. She like, yeah had to like Kira had to just like wear a yeah. cape she was gonna be on the Millennium Falcon. Beating royalty. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's, and great. she's such a good character. I'd yeah the fashion they're really knocking out of the park with the fashion uh for yeah. Crimson Dawn. So I'm I think that's gonna be great if we can get that on live action because then we're gonna really they, interesting in this issue. Yeah. In this issue they're also doubling down on the fact that Han has always been a hero. Yeah. 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 We felt the jump. need to like rehash the story of Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. And and give a new like anecdote about him, which was fun. Yeah. And it seems like the Han we meet in the bar. Well, basically, a Han in a New Hope is. Is is an outlier. Mm. In some ways. Well, that's the thing is, I think she, you know, what Kira says is like, if Han had stayed with me, he would have followed a much darker path. Yeah, I love that. And like, that's always a threat for him. I mean, that's his upbringing is as heroic as he is. Like, he'll make money how he has to make money. And so we see him sort of on like when we see him in that bar, he's been drifting for 10 years. Yeah, Um, But he ends up in the same exact spot. Yeah, it's true. Like it's, I he's not. I guess he has the fastest ship in the galaxy. That's the difference. Yeah, that's true. I just I think one of the things that's funny we talk about episode two as having this noir subplot, 
but mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like Solo, even though it doesn't, oh. it's not shot or feels like it. It is the clear, clearest version of a noir storytelling standpoint, right? Like a a femme yeah. fatale that that does him does our main character wrong, right? right? In some ways, like it's just that's very noir storytelling, even though yeah. it is not shot, directed, or acted at all like noir. <laughs> but that is a very noir. I think no, the time. I, I, I get the it gives, gives me noir femme fatale. Absolutely. Yeah, she's like Especially. every time she's on the screen, it's just it is that femme fatale. Yeah. But it affects me a lot more than any other sort of noir thing does. Like it always seems sort of like ham fisted in noir, but like I'm like just like all like Kira for some reason. Even, oh, so- you know, evokes emotion. I think part of it is just Amelia Clark. Clark. I think yeah. I think she's such a stellar actress. I think I think she elevates yeah. that character. She really did. Because yeah. now it's like all these comics, like I see Amelia Clark mm-hmm. and it has that same magic. I mean, same thing as Carrie Fisher, right? Like yeah. they're, they're able to write Carrie, like Sewell's able to write like Carrie just like a perfect way. It like really feels like Leia. Like just yeah. like OT Leia and 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 they're doing the same thing with with Amelia Clark and and I, Kira. I feel like Soul, yeah, I feel like Soul just gets all of these characters. Like he can write in so many of these voices. Like Lando, like his Lando is Lando, and it, and it feels so much like Billy D and um yeah. and, and Glover. Like it just feels like so spot on. Yeah. When are we gonna get that Lando series? Yeah, we're, we haven't heard of, like your life seems he, like temporary setbacks, and he's like, yeah, but they're temporary <laughs> i was like yes yeah, so, and then he's like we'll fix you up old buddy old pal to like to mm-hmm. a robot all the time and i'm like that's, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. classic lando so we'll just, it's, it's true like, um yeah yeah i don't know about that here was fun and i really do hope we do get a crimson dawn lot like disney series where you could that'd you could be great Clark come back because now this character set up to she runs a super yacht that's even bigger than you know, Dryden Boss's yacht. Oh. It's a space yacht. That's a nice space yacht. Awesome. And now I will only yacht. watch the show if it's called Space Yacht. Yeah, it's like a love it boat. It's, it's like a new version of love boat. Well, it's very noirish because it's almost like a a, a riverboat. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm it, into. It, do you it, think Ludwig will compose Space Yacht? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, um, it it's going to be the Huey like, Lewis in the news of the Galaxy Far, Far Away. I see it. I see this series. But it feels noir, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't hit her her ship just feel like a floating version of Rick's bar from Casablanca? Yeah, like it's it's, it's, like, it's Rick's bar in in space. It's the bathhouse from Spirited Away, but it's yeah, Star Wars. Um, yeah, I mean, so this exposition we couldn't even scratch the surface. Those are definitely some of the greatest parts. What what other things are, are revealed here to us? I mean, they both pour their hearts out. I mean, she, they, the great line was, we love the same man, and that old spiel where yeah. they uh, Kira just admits her her love to Han that you know she once had, and to Leia, which is, it's crazy, because these are two huge characters from the IP that we, that everyone knows, and then they're actually interacting, and they're actually talking about Han, and but that's the thing, right? There, in reality, romances with them. Nothing happens in this issue that we, as viewers of Star Wars, don't already know. Does that make sense? Like, like yeah. in a lot of ways, like we know Hans and Jabba's. We know that Kira and Han used to love each other. We know all these things, but watching characters that don't know these things tell each other these things is really entertaining. Like yeah. in reality, we learn nothing. I think that's the juicy tidbit that you'd want to mention to listeners. Yeah. It's like that's that was the big part of this issue altogether. And yeah. Then Holdo being in this issue was huge, I thought. I love yeah. the 
uh, inclusion of, of Holdo. Um, her scene was really cool. That she relayed the information. Um, I mean, the, the one like thing we didn't know is that Kira helped Leia find Han on at Jabba's palace. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It was really Kira. You know, Kira really you know played a played a part in that, which is very poetic and beautiful. To have her be the one that helps out. Just yeah, to have her specter big... hanging over uh, Return of the Jedi now is kind of great. That might was that the impetus for the making the entire thing, you think? Like just to get to that point of like, you know, Kira's the one who like led Leia and Lando to Han's you know, final location. It's a great beat. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's the full impetus because they've that's had a pitch. lot of good moments in that in this arc, like like that in this arc, but um yeah, that's a great beat. I also love the fact that like you get a very James Bond, like I'm going to tell you what my entire plan was monologue by Kira, which is like, I, I, it's kind of a great cap to the end of the entire thing explaining like, here's why I did all the things that you saw me do over the past 36 issues of this thing. But I love the fact that you mostly like reading that was really helpful to me. Like, I'm like, Oh, this is great. It totally makes sense. And then I love the fact that the lady is like, yeah, but you could have just given him to us. That's like, right. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's like the perfect moment of someone just calling him on their BS going like, no, no, that doesn't explain anything. I thought of anything. you when I heard that line. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that was that's, yeah. that's us, the reader, at this point, being like, mm-hmm. but just why not give Han to right. Leia? Yeah. You know that her heart aches for him. Sometimes as the reader, you just go on the ride without questioning the motives of Absolutely. the villain. And so I love that our, our hero is just like, no, 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 no. That makes no sense. Like... But yeah. she needed something, and then we get that yep. great flashback moment of Han getting in this fist fight, which I, which is interesting because you're saying paints Han as the hero. I'm almost think, seeing the birth of the cynic here, where he basically has lost all hope in humanity because he gets in a big fist fight and loses and nearly gets beaten to death, and then he's like laying on a rooftop and he's like, you know, some whenever someone you know wants something and like the or whenever someone give something that always wants something in return. They're only going to do something if they get something in return. And that's yeah. kind of that the theme of the entire issue was here where Kira's like, listen, I'm going to use this carbon frozen Han to basically get my foothold in the underworld, make my presence known, and then basically double cross all these people, betray a lot of people, have a lot of people um, fight each other. Like it was, it was yeah. pretty intricate what I, she did. I want to read Han's monologue because it actually explains everything Han does in A New Hope, because you're absolutely right, Grant. So here's what he says from the back. That's the way it is. No one's ever going to help anyone else unless it gets them something. Hell, I've noticed you you didn't even lend a hand. That's the way it is down here with us. And I figure it's probably the same all the way up there at the top of the fanciest tower, the fanciest planet in the galaxy. But today, for a few minutes, for that kid, perhaps we're talking about Luke Skywalker, that's Mm. how, that's not how it was. Maybe it doesn't always have to be this way, you know. I guess that's what I was thinking. Maybe it could be different, right? So his his monologue, like opening monologue, is exactly how cynical he is through all of A New Hope. Yeah. But that explains why that's the Han that comes back at the very end, right? Because he's like, that kid needs, like, for a second, yeah. I can be a hero to that kid. Yes. It's dead on, man. It's dead on. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic writing. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And they do that a lot, where it's just sort of these these echoes, these reverberations off the original trilogy that dictate all the lines in these uh in these comics it's pretty fantastic i i will always vouch that han is a is a hero trying to convince himself he's a scoundrel and lando's a scoundrel trying to convince himself he's a hero <laughs> yeah yeah that's i it. don't know i think i think i think lando's pretty heroic 
But I think that's why. Yeah, but I think so he's a scoundrel he's heart. Trying. Yeah. But he's trying. Like he that's who he wants to be. Like I don't think that makes him a bad person. Like he's he they're equally good just for different reasons, right? Like like right. I just think they're coming from different starting points. But that's why I think Lando is in some ways a true hero because he's he's not a hero at heart, but he's trying to trying to convince himself he is, right? I think he's trying to put that out there. Yeah. So yes, this issue. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, strong finish. Is this the end of the War of the Bounty Hunters? That's it. We've covered it. All like 30 three some odd issues. Three is a glass. Yeah. Here's Do it. The War of the Bounty Hunters. Cheers. It's been a ride. Yeah, man. Oh, uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next uh, Turning the Page and uh, Rain in the Crimson Dawn. Is that what it is? Or Crimson Rain, right? Crimson Rain, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just think like purple rain from Prince, but if it was red, <laughs> but it was crimson. Oh my gosh! I hope they do it all. Just like there's just like Prince notes all through the next part. So. Fog machines, <laughs> fog machines. Yeah, thongs. It'll be great. Um, yeah, uh, this is a really fun ride. These comics are amazing. Um, we just that was a, a lot of content to cover in one day, and who knows if it's all gonna work that way uh in chunky fashion going forward but um it's always fun to cover the comics and now we will be talking about their full arcs their full story arcs um and completion uh going yeah. forward so they're gonna be fun it's gonna be uh yeah. it's gonna be fun content to cover in in totality rather than just issue to issue yeah i think the next one you'll probably hear from us is either the uh a couple of high republics i think we're further mm -hmm. along in was it uh, Temple Peak, and then the the actual Star Wars High Republic in, yeah, uh, Grant's holding up for Marvel. I think we're two issues into a into a into a run, so we'll talk about some of those in a few weeks. Yeah, next week I think months. we are gonna just try and cover because uh, it ends up on a Friday. We would have done it any day of the week, but uh, the yeah. Disney um, shareholders meeting, which there's always some. Well, not yeah. always, but sometimes there's really good nuggets well, that come out and, of that. Obi-Wan trailer, possibly. Trailer. I think yeah. so. And Ben, it's more than just the... So it is, it is. I think it's the shareholders, but they also are legit planning on putting stuff on to Disney Plus that day. Mm. Does that make sense? Like they're like it's it's Disney Plus day that they're... So they're kind of opening it up to not just like whatever happens to leak out of that or what they do. Like they're actually putting programming up and there are a couple of Star Wars things not titled that they're planning on putting on Disney Plus. So, oh. yeah, I think I nothing like big, but I think they're going to have like a, Dis, a a Boba Fett vignette or maybe like a I wonder if they're going to have like another like um what do they call those behind things? The scenes. Gallery or something like or behind the scenes oh, thing gallery? just on Boba Fett. It would be yeah. hard to do a preemptive gallery cuz we wouldn't have seen any of the <laughs> action. I also have character tribute video where it's all about Boba Fett and I think so. Origin. What do they grant? I haven't watched any of them, but they have them for the Marvel. Like whenever a Marvel movie is coming out, they have like this thing on Disney Plus where it's just like, here's to get you caught up on this character. And they call it something. I can't remember what it's called because every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I've watched every Marvel movie like 30 times through. I don't need to get caught up on Black Widow. But I'm guessing they're going to release Star Wars versions of that for Boba Fett. So we'll probably get like a oh, okay. great. It's, here's what you need to know before Book of Boba oh, Fett. But yeah, we have nothing to Robert, Robert, Robert Rodriguez talk about it or, you know, at least um, give us a tease yeah. himself and sizzle reel to the footage. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. We have nothing planned for next week, but I'm sure content will be dropping on Friday. 
Yeah, that's going to be a fun ride. Those are always my favorite things to do. Just like yeah. instant reactions to new content and yeah. new ideas uh, to spark Star Wars thoughts. Uh, so that's it. Thanks very much for listening to us. Um, get pumped for Book of Boba Fett. It's coming. Uh, and uh, yeah, check in with us next week and we'll take you through all the uh, exciting news that comes out of that uh, Disney meeting. Have a fabulous week. Thanks for listening to us. And as always, may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Yeah.